Coming up, D-backs get swept in the doubleheader against the LA Dodgers, and Bryce Harper carrying the Philadelphia Phillies offense right now. Talking about Bryce Harper with Sully Baseball of Locked On MLB, all for you next. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Dimebacks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas, my multimedia journalist, and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24, that's my portfolio.com. I'm there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked On Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle and of course thank you for making locked on dimebacks your first listen every day i would not be able to do this podcast without you my loyal listeners sharing subscribing reviewing doing all that so i could do this podcast for you thank you it's free and available on all platforms so please continue to tell your friends we're going to be talking to sully baseball of locked on mlb in segments two and three about bryce harper and what he's doing right now in the national league but before we get there we first have to discuss the D-backs and their disappointing doubleheader to the Dodgers because I'm currently recording this. It's the bottom of the eighth inning. Mookie Betts just scored. I, I, the game's not even over yet. Like, I'm not even going to wait for the D-backs to bat in the top of the ninth because this game is over. This series is over. D-backs are going to go down three games to probably one, maybe get swept in this series, get swept in a four-game series. It would be disgusting if you're the D-backs, especially considering you're coming off that terrible series against the Chicago Cubs, who I was expecting the D-backs to win two out of three. Instead, they lost two out of three against the Chicago Cubs. They really needed to split this series, this doubleheader against the LA Dodgers, and they were not able to do that. They entered the doubleheader as a 500 baseball team. They've been hot recently over the last 18 games. We know their record, but over the last couple games against the Chicago Cubs and against the Dodgers now, all of a sudden, it doesn't look too good. Two of three, you drop against the Cubs, and now you lose three straight against the LA Dodgers. That's five of your last six, and a split in the doubleheader would have meant you would at least stayed 500, would a chance to split the series against the Dodgers tomorrow afternoon, but now you got to just hope you get back to just one game below 500 if you're the D-backs, and now it feels like the season could maybe spiral out of control like it did last season where the D-backs were like, what, 14 and 12 at one point, and then all of a sudden the wheels just fell off. I hope that doesn't happen to this D-backs team, but... The, the strength of this D-backs team so far this season has been the starting pitching, and that has not been the strength so far in this series against the LA Dodgers, especially during this doubleheader, because I don't know who I want to start with first. I guess I'll start with Merrill Kelly, since he's the bigger name, but he got absolutely tortured by the LA Dodgers in his first couple innings. I mean, Merrill Kelly was only able to make it through two innings. He gave up a season-high eight earned runs, a season-high four walks allowed, and the Dodgers just did a great job of staying off his pitches. Merrill Kelly was a little erratic out there, and we know he's had first inning struggles this season. That's been his worst inning on the year, but the Dodgers got to him in the second inning and absolutely obliterated 
Merrill Kelly to the point where he had to just be taken out after two innings because he was so bad. And basically after that, after the second inning, this game felt like it was over. Like I was tweeting out, just tell me when Alec Thomas is coming up to at bat because that's the only thing I care about in this game. And he did have a base hit with a broken at bat single, which was very interesting, very fun to watch. But outside of that from Alec Thomas, this game was a whole lot of nothing. Merrill Kelly gets shelled in this, his worst start of the season. You knew it had to come eventually, but... To come against the L.A. Dodgers, I mean, there couldn't be worse timing. Really against any NLS foe, I would have felt this way. Maybe against the Colorado Rockies, I would have been okay. I know I got that rivalry with Paul Holden, but the Rockies are a meaningless team. It really wouldn't have mattered if they were the ones to shell Merrill Kelly. If it was the Padres or Giants, I would have been equally upset. But I'm still very upset that it was against the L.A. Dodgers because I would have loved a Merrill Kelly shutdown game. After seeing what happened in the first game of the doubleheader, we desperately desperately needed great Merrill Kelly to get back to 500 and Merrill Kelly was not able to deliver and I gotta give credit to the Dodgers lineup because they have been phenomenal all season Mookie or not all season but all series Mookie Betts Freddie Freeman these guys have been locked in this series Trey Turner um, these guys have been nasty and then Tyler Anderson went out there today had a great start against the D-backs and then you look at game one for the D-backs and Tyler Gilbert another guy who has been good historically as a starter for the D-backs, and he just had his worst start of the season of his career against the LA Dodgers. And, I mean, we could have a little bit of a silver lining with both Merrill Kelly and Tyler Gilbert. I mean, are they going against arguably the greatest lineup of all time? You can certainly make that argument. So I guess that's a little bit of a silver lining for these guys, but still, Tyler Gilbert, four home runs allowed in this game. I guess another silver lining is he didn't give up five home runs like Nate Evaldi for the Boston Red Sox. That's what he did the same day. But still, Tyler Gilbert, I mean, some people were upset that he was kept in so long. And I could agree. I mean, after the Will Smith home run, I was like, all right, you can still keep him in. There is still a 3-1 to one lead for the D-backs. After the Mookie Betts home run, it was 3-3. I think I would have maybe still kept him in there because 3-3 is a sixth inning. I think I have enough trust in uh, Tyler Gilbert to at least make it out of there, but I don't think I would have let him get to Justin Turner. Once he gives up that home run to Mookie Betts and then allows another base runner, I think I would have pulled Tyler Gilbert out the game. I would have probably let him face another batter after Mookie Betts, but once you see the two guys on after the Mookie Betts home run, then Tyler Gilbert is definitely pulled from my book, and he's not even facing Justin Turner. So you could have, you could quibble a little bit with Tyler Gilbert being left in the game too long. But overall, I mean, he was terrible in the first game. He was cruising early. Don't get me wrong. Those first four or five innings, Tyler Gilbert looked really good, and then it all fell apart in the sixth inning. The D-backs were able to you know, battle back a little bit in this game, have a rally in the seventh inning and cut the basically the lead to just one. I basically, I mean, that's what they did. They cut the lead to just one. But like the previous night, like game one, they were able to cut the lead to one and they were not able to finish off the rally. So the D-backs go down two games to nothing in the doubleheader. They lose three straight games to the LA Dodgers. And now you got to hope and pray if you're the D-backs that you can pull out tomorrow's win just because you got to save face a little bit. You don't want to go into your next series off a sweep, losing two of your last three in the previous series. And Kentel Marte, all of a sudden, dealing with a little hand soreness. Don't really know how that's going to affect him. Hopefully, he doesn't have to go on the injured list, but we just put Nick Ahmed on the injured list, so the D-backs um, depth chart is getting a little bit thin in their infield. Seth Beer was sent down to the minor league, so we'll see how the D-backs, you know, if, if they have to make any roster moves with uh, Kentel Marte, if he goes on the injured list or not, but 
tomorrow, I mean, we're going to have a chance. We got Zach Davies on the mound. He hasn't been terrible this season. He's been pretty solid for the D-backs, but going against Walker Buehler. And the last time the D-backs faced Walker Buehler, he had a complete game shutout. So the odds are probably not in the D-backs' favor for game four tomorrow, but they have to try. I mean, right? They're a major league baseball team. They got to be competitive. I know this series hasn't been competitive. I know it looks like the Dodgers and the D-backs are not even on the same playing field, but the D-backs have at least gotten gone out to early leads in these first uh, three games against LA Dodgers. I mean, Christian Walker, we have to talk about him because what he's done over the last two weeks, basically since May the 4th, he's like a 325 average. He's got like a 950 OPS. He's got a whole bunch of home runs and he's had a home run in both of the games of the doubleheader. I think he had a home run in the first game as well. Like the D-backs, for the first three games against the LA Dodgers, were able to jump out to early leads, usually courtesy of the home run. They were just not able to hang on to those leads. And for once, it wasn't because of the bullpen. It was mostly because of the starting pitching. Um, the bullpen had a lot of <laughs> had a lot of problems in that first game. I mean, they've had a lot of problems the whole series, but you could look at the starting pitching first as to the first reason why the D-backs are losing this series could look at the offense too the bullpen is probably third or fourth on the list for once the bullpen is not the main reason why the D-backs are losing a series it's probably third or fourth and as I'm recording this Alec Thomas gets another base hit in the top of the ninth so he is the only reason to keep watching that second game of the doubleheader if you're still watching that second game of the doubleheader I know I am absolutely done with that but D-backs big game tomorrow against the LA Dodgers it's not just because they're trying to avoid getting swept. It's also because they're trying to at least start a little momentum heading into the next series, who is again against the Chicago Cubs. So let's go D-backs and let's end strong against the LA Dodgers. Now, to beat the Dodgers, the D-backs might need to recruit some more talent. And with spring in the air, it's time of renewal and growth, personally and professionally. As your small business grows, LinkedIn Jobs is here to help make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdownmlb. That's linkedin.com slash lockdownmlb to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Now podcast. Recaps of them will be games with analysis from our local experts, taking fans through the season like no other network, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into that podcast with Sully Baseball. That gets us to the Dodgers and the Phillies. Now, Gavin Lux had a walk-off. The, the Phillies took a 4 nothing lead after two. Dodgers chipped away, chipped away, and Gavin Lux had a two-run, two-out 
walk-off double to end the game 5-4. Um, but the Do- it ended a four-game losing streak by the Dodgers because the Dodgers mm. were a bit spiraling. And let's just bring up who the one-man wrecking crew was for the Phillies who sat out today's game because he's actually injured. But playing through pain is Bryce Harper and his last seven games while he's been injured. It says his last seven games, he's hit four home runs, driven in 10, has batted 516. Oh, but I want other stats. Okay, his OPS has been 556. And his OP, uh, that's his on, I'm sorry, his on base has been 556. His slugging has been 1,097 and making his OPS 1.652. He's had 34 total bases in the last seven games. You do the math on that. And he has been just explosive and, you know, sunk basically single handedly sunk the Dodgers in a couple of wild uh, slugfests. You know, Harper leads the league in runs, leads the league in doubles, leads the league in home runs, leads the league in stolen and ba- uh, slugging percentage, leads the league in total bases. This is a guy who some people still think is overrated. He's won two MVPs, and he looks like he wants a third, even if the Phillies don't do gotch. Yeah, he's been an offensive juggernaut so far for the Phillies this season. And some of the numbers have been a little surprising with Bryce Harper because I think he has a career low walk rate uh, Walk rate right now. His strikeout percentage is like top three in his career, but it does not matter because he's crushing home runs at a higher rate than I think ever before in his career. Extra base hits, he's hitting that at a higher rate than ever before in his career as well. He's just smashing the cover off the ball. And what's making it so surprising for Bryce Harper is, well, you just mentioned, he's hurt right now. This is someone who has like a UCL tear. Like, he should be getting Tommy John surgery or something right now. Like, Bryce Harper's not allowed to throw a baseball for the next four weeks. But it does not matter because guess what, Sully? Your favorite thing, we have it right now in baseball. And if we didn't have this, Bryce Harper wouldn't be playing right now. That is the universal DH. Think about how great it is, Sully. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened to baseball. This is why we needed it. Because instead, it would be Kyle Gibson or Aaron Nola or someone, Zach Wheeler out there uh, playing instead of Bryce Harper. But instead, we're watching an MVP play, Sully. We get to watch one of the greatest players in baseball um, live up to his potential and his ceiling and absolutely crush the cover off the ball. So imagine that you're, you've come around to the universal DH because of Bryce Harper, one of the most hated men in baseball, one of the most polarizing players we got. Okay, I have two syllables to say to you. Okay. <laughs> Touche. Okay, okay. I thought Touché. we were going to F you. I thought we were going to F you. A little, little hot there. tip, a little hot tip right there. No, 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 no. That was, uh, uh, this was an example when it works. This is an example when it works. Okay, I'm 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 enough of a man in my half of a century on this planet Earth to be able to say, okay, in that instance, it worked. Um, yeah, he's been. It, I did a whole episode on Bryce Harper in the off season. It's unbelievable that right now Bryce Harper's age, he's not yet thirty. It's crazy, and he is. This is his eleventh full season in the major leagues, and. He is, I, I, and I brought this up, and I, this is a question that I brought up when I talked about him in the last offseason. And that is, I said, is he the most overrated, underrated player in baseball or the most underrated, overrated player in baseball? Because there are some people who will still chant and say he's overrated. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from the fact that he's had several seasons in his career where he was good. Mm-hmm. Not great, but good. A good, solid player. Obviously, he's had 
a couple years where he uh, he's won two MVPs, and he certainly was in the conversation for the MVP in a couple other seasons. We've got a couple of seasons where he was, like his first year in Philadelphia, he was very good, but not, you know, transcendent. And of course, when he gets when he gets all the hype and everything like that, that he's going to be like the LeBron of baseball. Yeah, you know that's a lot to take in. But remember, he when he won his first MVP, it was his fourth season. He was already a postseason veteran for a couple of years, and you know he had that unbelievable season in 2015. He was 22. That should have been the year he was a senior in college. Instead, he was a four-year veteran. And since then, he has been consistently, you know, he's had several years where he's had a OPS over a thousand. If it's not, it was hovering around 900. I mean, this is his prime. And we're seeing maybe those four years where he was pretty dang good were the years he would have been in double A and triple A. Yeah. Bryce Harper's kind of like Giancarlo Stanton ish because there's some seasons where he maybe bats around 250, maybe a couple seasons where he gets kind of hurt and only plays 100 games. But at the end of the day, if you look at his numbers, his career stat line is going to be 280 average with like a 950 OPS for his career. And that's the same with Mike Stanton or Giancarlo Stanton, as he's called now, because he's going to have 350 home runs. He, he currently has over 350 home runs and he's got career OPS above 900 as well. So I feel like those two players are kind of comparable in terms of their overall career arcs. Both of them have MVP type peaks and both of them have had similar lows where you're like, yeah, these are two still all-star level players, but maybe they're not having transcendent seasons like you've discussed. But when I still look at Bryce Harper's career and you discuss that overrated, underrated, and you bring up the LeBron of baseball, I think that's a really big question that I've even posed to, I think, Lockdown Phillies host uh, when we did have Lockdown Phillies host Dan Wilson when I brought him on a pod last year. I've asked him, like, do you think he's lived up to that moniker of being the quote-unquote LeBron of baseball? Because coming out, he was 16. He was on the Sports Illustrated cover. We all know the hype uh, that Bryce Harper had entering the Major League Baseball. And you look at his career, he's had some of the highest highs. He's won two MVPs. But it also makes you wonder that when he did leave the Washington Nationals, the first thing they did was win a World Series. So it is kind of a weird career for Bryce Harper because he's had he's lived up to, I think, uh, you know, statistically being the guy that was on that Sports Illustrated cover as a teenager, having that career 900 OPS. He's going to finish probably with 500 plus home runs in his career. He's going to go down as a, you know, three, four time MVP potentially. But the idea of you leaving and your team wins a World Series right away, it is a pretty weird concept. Like, imagine Mike Trout left the Angels, then all of a sudden the Angels win the World Series. You'd be like, whoa, what is going on here? How is that even possible? You had the best player in baseball for a decade. Now, all of a sudden, you're winning chips as soon as he's gone. It is a weird phenomenon that has happened with Bryce Harper, the fact that his team won as soon as he left. But if he's able to bring some success to Philadelphia, who we don't really discuss enough, this has been uh, one of the biggest playoff droughts in Major League Baseball. I think behind the Seattle Mariners, the yeah. Philadelphia Phillies have the second longest playoff drought in Major League Baseball. So a city like Philadelphia, who we know can really get on their players, who we know if you're struggling in Philly, the fans will let you know. So if Bryce Harper can bring that team back to glory, back to where they were back in 08, 09, when they were making World Series runs, the city of Philadelphia will love Bryce Harper like they do with, you know, Joel Embiid right now for who plays for the Philadelphia 76ers. They will treat you like a son in Philadelphia, but you got to bring them back to the glory road and you got to have some success because if it's just Bryce Harper putting up big stats and this team is not making the postseason every year, then I don't think he'll go down in Philadelphia lore. Sully and I will continue that conversation, but first, I need a built bar to keep going because. 
Built Bars are absolutely fantastic. I'm a health conscious guy. I try to work out every day. I'm trying to lose weight, but my biggest issue is I have a sweet tooth. I love candy. I love junk food, but it's okay because Built Bar, it tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, great for the keto diet. And right now they got these things called birthday cake puffs. It tastes like birthday cake. It has marshmallow, it has protein, absolutely delicious, covered in 100% real chocolate, like all the Built Bars. If you want your own package, just go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. the pod it's unbelievable when you when you mention it so yeah it's true it's been since 2011 mm-hmm. uh but it, there were it 2011 doesn't seem that long ago even though i know it's 11 years ago yeah over and decade. it was a run where the phillies were you wrote them in pen that they were going to be in the playoffs mm-hmm. you know between 2007 Easy. and 2011 you knew the phillies were you know I mean, in 2010 and 2011, they were kind of like the Miami Heat of baseball assembling a super team. And, you know, to, again, to use the LeBron and to, to the idea that the team that had a rotation with Lee, Hamels, uh, and Halliday mm-hmm. couldn't win a pennant. They didn't win a pennant with Halliday there. And the, it looked like they were better than the team that actually won the World Series in 08. Uh, now and they, and I've mentioned this before when they lost the NLCS to the Giants, you give them a little bit of a mulligan on that because the Giants pitching was able to match the Phillies pitching. That you you know that that was like the way that the Braves lost all those years is when you had a team that was able to maybe not have the better pitching staff over 162 games, but they had Lincecum, they had Kane, they had Bumgarner, they had pitchers who could match up with the with their team. The team they lost to in. 2011 that cardinal team that went on to win the world series i mean they were on the verge of being up 2-0 and having them completely on their heels and they you know they lost that final game one nothing i'm convinced if they squeezed two runs in that game which is not a lot to ask uh they would have swept the brewers and swept the rangers and won the world series uh and to think that that team went from that level of right them in ink to a drought, despite being in a big media market, despite mm-hmm. having, you know, the Phillies are a big market team and are a big, but more importantly, a big budget team and that have fans all across the country. I thought they were on the verge of being the National League Yankees. And, you know, it turned out that they've become the National League Mariners. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, you know, I was a big fan of them signing uh, Girardi. I thought it was mm-hmm. a great signing as a manager. Uh, I was fine with him signing Harper. I thought it was a sign to the fans that we're trying to win right now. Um, I just things things haven't worked out so far. And I, again, I don't. I want to see Bryce Harper in a World Series. I'm not even. I, I have a soft spot in my heart for the Phillies because I have many of my cousins grew up in Wilmington, Delaware, and grew up big Phillies fans. So I like to see them happy. I want to see my stars in the World Series. You know, that that was one frustrating thing about the Braves in the World Series last year. They didn't have Acuna. You know, I like to see my stars in the damn World Series. And, 
you know, I'd like to see Harper in a World Series and Trout. And in fact, because those two came in the league at the same time, it would be fascinating if they faced off in the World <laughs> Series in a similar way. I know this is showing my age a little bit, but there were the two superstar third basemen who came up in the early 70s, became MVP. They were MVPs the same year and became the superstar faces of each league playing the same position played in the World Series against each other in 1980. One was George Brett of Kansas City, and the other was Mike Schmidt of Philadelphia. And that was a lot of which one of these two, which which one of these two are finally going to get their team their first ever championship. I think that that sort of face-off between Trout and Harper would be the sort of thing that could give baseball its giant jolt and a boost of energy. If you need energy, get a built bar. Oh wait, we already did that ad read. Yeah. But uh I was about to say, we're we about to do it again. Uh that would've been crazy. Yeah, I got a soft spot for Philadelphia too. I mean, I used to go to a bunch of Phillies games when I was a kid. I mean, it used to be one of my favorite ballparks. Maybe it is my favorite ballpark to go to. I love the environment and the atmosphere in Philadelphia. Used to go in the late 2000s when they were good and you mentioned earlier about the, you know, Yankees teams of yesteryear were talking about their lineup and how deep it was. The Philadelphia Phillies was like that where you looked at every single position. They legit had an all star all around the diamond and they're kind of trying to do that again like they made all these big moves this past offseason where they got a whole bunch of sluggers that just a lot of them played the same position so it's kind of redundant in their lineup so we'll see if it works out for them I mean they obviously haven't gotten off to too great of a start this season and they play maybe the, the most wild series of the season against the LA Dodgers where they would go up eight runs every every game and then somehow blow it later in the game then have a fantastic comeback to win so that was a fun series but we discussed how Bryce Harper it's felt like he's been in the league a long time he's been in the major league baseball 11 years but he also felt like it hasn't been that long well the last time the Philadelphia Phillies made the postseason Bryce Harper wasn't yet a major leaguer uh Bryce Harper broke into major leagues in 2012 the Philadelphia Phillies last made the postseason 2011 so the last time the Phillies made the postseason Bryce Harper was not even on a major league roster just yet so that's how long it's been Bryce Harper wasn't even playing just yet but you've been playing this whole time. No, thank you. And guess what? We've done another – we did another crossover. Yeah. Look at that. We he did said, another crossover. He we said, said let's, let's try to keep this one short. Yeah. It's one of the longest ones we've done. <laughs> yeah, the pro- <laughs> longest one of the season probably. I know. Let's keep it short. You and I – before we said, all right, let's keep it – let's keep it – let's keep it tight, man. We could be – we could have kept going on and on. But you know what? Uh, that's why you got to also subscribe to Locked on Diamondbacks. You can hear Miller Thomas's great show and uh, a lot of great insight there. You can follow Millard at Creator Thomas Twenty Four. If you want to follow Locked On Diamondbacks, go look that up on all your social media yep. stuff. You know how it works. What are you? If you're listening to this, you know how social media works. Unless you're my mom. And if you want to follow us, we're at uh, we're at Locked On MLB Pod. Same handle for Instagram. If you want to follow me, boom, at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Crossing it over as we do on Mondays. With Millard Thomas, this has been Locked On MLB for the 16th day of May 2022. I'm a 50-year-old man. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Miller's Looking only great. Four, and you're only 49. Let's oh, do, yeah. do a fist bump. Have you ever fist bumped with a 50-year-old? There you go. Boom. Boom. That's it for this edition of the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned into today's pod. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Thank you for making Locked On Dimebacks your first listen every day. Go make Locked On MLB your second listen of the day with my pal and your pal, Sully Baseball. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!